Blog Talk Radio. Paul Lawrence Van hosts the Wealthy Speaker Talk Radio Show, an exciting and entertaining show. Listeners, fans, and followers are inspired, motivated, and discover strategies that assist them in improving their personal and professional life. Tune in, listen in, and phone in with questions. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in as well. Tune in, listen in, and call in with questions at 516-453-9480 and or join Paul and guest experts in the web chat room, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Van. We look forward to you joining us for another amazing episode of the Wealthy Speaker Radio Show. Good day, everyone. Paul Lawrence Van here with you on this beautiful, beautiful June day. We can all feel the radiation of the beautiful summer coming along. And today I'm going to talk about a topic that is going to be really a lot of fun. Uh, and this topic today uh, is going to be on the Global Good Fund, in particular the 22 fellows uh, that are part of the Global Good Fund Fellowship Program for this year. I'll discuss it. I happen to be also one of the fellows uh, from the United States. Uh, there are 10 in total from the U.S. and 17 from around the globe. Again, my name is Paul Lawrence Van, host of the Wealthy Speaker Show, and glad you could be with me today. If you're inclined to call in to ask a question, simply dial area code 516-453-9480. And if you're ready, I'm ready. And so let's have a lot of fun. I'm talking about, again, the Global Good Fund and uh, what it all entails. So first of all, let's talk about what is it and, and how it all came about. And uh, there were a couple of co-founders. Uh, one is Ms. Carrie Rich, and another is Knox Singleton. And they were looking for high potential young leaders uh, back in December 2011, and they were inspired by how much they could, that could be accomplished with a relatively small amount of capital. And uh, they more or less tested the power of an ask. And then a couple of weeks later, they found out that they had, had to raise the charitable endowment quite a significant amount to get the program underway. And they were uh, unsure how to handle the unexpected circumstances. And then uh, Carrie, she turned to her coach, Knox, and explaining uh, her desire to develop a social business that would support leadership development through mentorship. And uh, Throughout Carrie's life, the coaches have been instrumental in her personal and professional development, and she decided and came up with this concept of the Global Good Fund. And so it's been around for quite some time, and I'm glad to be a part of it. But it has the potential to empower both experienced and young leaders to positively impact the world. And, and that's how it was founded and the genesis of it. And so you may ask, well, what is the mission of the Global Good Fund? And it's a, it would be a great question, and thank you for asking. And uh, Global Good Fund is a leadership development uh, enterprise that's built by and for social entrepreneurs. And uh, Global Good Fund identifies high-potential leaders. 
and I happen to be one of them. And it also helps to accelerate the success through a proven and proprietary 12-month fellowship program. And that's because the Global Good Fund believe that we can, they can uh, grow leaders uh, such as myself with the best strategies for solving complex social problems and also achieving global good. And I must say that they are doing a tremendous job. I'm very thankful for being a 2020 fellow, and I'm in the process now of doing an interview series with my uh, other fellows. Uh, here primarily start now with the 2020 class from the United States, of which there are 10 of us. And uh, thus far, uh, I've interviewed uh, two of the uh, 2020 fellows, and I started out with uh, Dr. Jeanette uh, Haney and Dr. Uh, uh, Kellyanne Hunter, and they headed up the Athena Project. And then uh, tomorrow I'll be interviewing Derek Faulkner, he heads up Athletes for Veterans Foundation. And then I'll, on Friday, I will interview Margot Baines, and she has a program called Chicks with Class. It's a uh, girls, a young ladies empowerment program. And then on Monday, I interviewed Justin Constantine, and he heads up the Constantine Group and also with Job Pass. And on June 9th, I'll interview Ali Akil. He uh, leads Public Block, and then on June 12th, I'll interview Scott Max. He, he heads up Service Academy Mastermind. But that's not all. I'll also, uh, later on in the month, I'll be interviewing Claire Whitco, who is a part of Dog Tag Bakery, and Ali Amadi, who heads up T-Care Incorporated. And last but not least, I'm looking forward to also interviewing Alejandro Ramirez from the Universal Spartan LLC. So we have fellows all over the United States, and a lot of these that I just mentioned are veterans. And uh, what they're providing, uh, the service they're providing, is to make a difference not only in for their business but also for the community as well. Because the way the process works is that uh, we focus in on the leadership aspects of our business and our personal selves, and then also as social entrepreneurs. So we'll work on the entrepreneur side as well. And when I mean mention social entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that it's a nonprofit. It just means that you're doing work out in the community. And, for example, uh, I lead Wealth Building Academy, LLC, which is a professional development company. So by virtue of my company, I deliver speeches, I deliver coaching, and in particular, mindfulness uh, leadership coaching, and I also provide uh, those are programs, and then I also provide diversity inclusion training, and I publish books. And so by that, I would normally do that as a normal part of business, but then my social impact program would be a youth entrepreneurship program where I work with youth, teaching them how to start their own business and to not only start a business but to lead one. And to, in order to graduate, they'll have to develop a business plan. And so that's really an example of, of what I do. And then the other fellows, of course, they will have uh, different social programs. And so uh, one of the things that, that has come up uh, for all of us, and the program began in January and it goes through January of 2021, is that we uh, are assigned an executive coach. 
and I had a coach from the February time frame until two weeks ago. And uh, I would meet with him every week, and we would go through ways in terms of me meeting my leadership goals and also my business goals. And so each week we would talk and we would build from one week to the other. An individual I had was really outstanding. He helped me out a lot. And uh, he had actually been in the area that I am in industry-wise and niche-wise, and uh, that really uh, worked out great for me. And uh, I really thank him for that. And then we had a handoff two weeks ago Friday, and uh, I now have a business mentor. And so my executive coach, uh, he was, of course, a volunteer. And so he uh, is going on and working through his business, and now I've been uh, have a handoff with a business mentor. And business mentor has a lot of extensive experience leading companies, generating revenue, hiring employees, opening businesses, starting businesses, as well as selling businesses. So I have a really good uh, business mentor that's assisting me, and the other fellows do as well. And some of the other fellows, uh, which the total is 17 overseas, so some are from Africa, uh, Azerbaijan. We have uh, a few uh, from other, the European uh, area, and so uh, it's quite an undertaking. And uh, the Global Good Fund itself, uh, one thing that we encountered differently this year than in the past is the fact that COVID-19, the coronavirus uh, pandemic, whereas in the past, uh, typically the summit, which is held in May, about mid-May, uh, was not held uh, in person or live primarily because of, of what's taken place. And so we had a summit. Uh, it was called Survive and Thrive Virtual Event. And this virtual event was really, really uh, wonderful and uh, we were able to listen to some of the fellows and the programs in which they have contributed heavily uh, to uh, different communities. And uh, I also listened to a lot of people who had gone on to, to do some other great things. So even though we didn't have the in-person summit, which would have been in the Washington, D.C. area for about a week, we did have a virtual event, and of course, nowadays, that's where things are going. It's going from live events until otherwise uh, notified, and of course, the pandemic is still ongoing, and businesses are just opening up in terms of the states opening up for business again. So it may be a, some time before uh, their live events again, but the virtual events are still uh, taking place, and a lot of it just simply comes down to whoever's doing the hiring for speakers or for coaches. Uh, they are doing it all on either a Zoom platform or Webinar Jam, uh, which is some of the other uh, uh, platforms out there, Cisco WebEx. So there are different uh, platforms out there. People have, have transitioned, or what we call uh, we're going for the pivot. And so the pivot for me was going from live to uh, online. And uh, I recently put together a online course for the Youth Entrepreneurship Program. And all I have to do now is just upload it. Uh, to a platform and, and be able to offer it to uh, the students or to schools. And so uh, I have that process out. And then I have another uh, six-week class uh, that is going to be all on Zoom, and uh, people will be able to go through a beta course that I put together, and this one is on mindfulness leadership. And so uh, there are different ways of doing things. 
things, uh, I not only would be able to to uh, generate uh, the classroom from Zoom, but also at some point to be able to do it live as well and offer it, of course, as an online course. So uh, that's uh, pretty much what uh, has been entailed uh, for us year to date. And uh, what I'm going to do now is just move into another segment to just go a little bit deeper in terms of some of the things that are required of a 2020 uh, Global Good Fund Fellow. And uh, what, what it entails is uh, once uh, is the selection is made for who the executive coach is, then you, the fellow, for example, I would have to contact that individual. We'll set up our introductory meeting, and then we'll start the coaching, set a date and time for the coaching. And so for me, every Thursday was the time. And uh, there were some occasions where I couldn't make it because of other appointments. However, we, we tended to make up. I took really good notes, and then I had to put together a report that would go to the Global Good Fund, and it was a leadership development program. And what it would entail is when I first applied for the program, I had three leadership goals, and then I had three business goals. So I would list those leadership goals, and uh, then – it came together with a 360 leadership assessment. So I had to uh, not only process the leadership assessment myself, but I had to contact other people uh, to have them do an assessment. So I came up with roughly nine people, and it gave me a good barometer, a measure of the areas that I was doing good in and the areas that I need improvement in. And so what, what happened, I combined my initial application goals both leadership and, and business, and I matched them up with the 360-degree leadership assessment, uh, which uh, goals were also placed on that. And, and that's really uh, how the two came together through the, uh, the collaboration. And then my executive coach would take a look at it and receive a copy of that report, and we would discuss it, and that's, that, that was the beginning point for us getting started in the coaching program. And then I would, I would uh, develop my leadership uh, program, and I had to do the first reporting. And then uh, there's funding that comes with the program, and I would have to align the different items, or all of the fellows would have to align what they need the monies for. Now, things changed quite a bit for uh, the COVID-19, and, and what changed is, is that the uh, budget that was being distributed didn't go out at say, the mid-year in June, like it would have gone out for the first time this month. So it went out earlier because a lot of the business owners had employees and they needed those monies for salaries, for paying taxes, and, and for uh, equipment or training. And so I signed up for some of the training and uh, also some equipment that I needed for my business that, that helped me to uh, do it more effectively and so uh, that, that was also one aspect of it. So now that I have a business mentor, and other fellows do as well, then I already made contact and had my very first meeting uh, last week with my, my uh, business mentor, and we talked just briefly about what I'm going to do, and then I would provide him with the, um, I provide him with the items that he needed uh, to help get us started, and then I have a report that's that's going out, a leadership development uh, uh, plan that will go out 
to the uh, Global Good Fund, and they will make that assessment, and they will match everything up. And then for all of the leadership training and uh, equipment, then invoices would have to be submitted in support of the projects that tie to the leadership goals and plans and business uh, goals and plans that were set up in, in the uh, program, in program plans. So uh, that's another uh, aspect uh, that the fellows that we all have to provide. And then uh, one of the interesting things uh, that occurred, say, in that March-April time frame is we had a significant number of crises management uh, webinars and, and Zoom uh, uh, meetings uh, that would help people who were going through some challenging times. And, you know, not only was it for us, but it was for other companies as well. And so we would attend those, and professionals, some alumni for the Global Good Fund would come on, and they would provide some expertise in terms of, of uh, what we can do uh, during a crisis. It could be anything from how you handling your budget. It could be anything from the uh, mindfulness, stress, and anxiety that a lot of people were going through, and we all were going through something during that time. And so uh, I thought that was a really uh, great way to do it. And then I also started taking and, and paying attention to the Maryland Small Business Development uh, Office in the state of Maryland, and they hosted a lot of events that would otherwise uh, would be fee-based, but they weren't fee-based uh, during this time frame. And, but I learned so much from it. They would have webinars that's talking about different ways to market during a time like this. Uh, it would be things such as what are investors, uh, what are they doing uh, to help people now? Are people's investors still out there uh, crowdfunding? And so there were a lot of different uh, uh, offerings that were taking place, and there were no fee attached to it because everyone had the stay-at-home order. Uh, they couldn't go out. Businesses are closed, and, and, and in many cases, businesses are still closed other than the essential. And so uh, with that being the case, uh, quite a few people were able to get caught up on things. I was able to get caught up, and uh, what I, I did, I uh, redid my uh, business plan. And the one reason why I did it because I needed to update it to make it better. And then number two, I also uh, wanted to submit some small business grants other than government-issued grant to some corporations, for example, such as FedEx. And they would uh, put out a, a small uh, grant uh, offering application to different companies, some startup and then some uh, with two, less than two years. And you could apply for uh, these um, small business grants. So having that business plan and having it in really good shape really helped out. And I was able to forward uh, my uh, grant, uh, my, my business plan to them in support of the grant. So uh, those were just some of the things that were taking place uh, that perhaps otherwise wouldn't have happened were it not for COVID-19. Uh, there was also uh, the case of whether or not, not only us, but uh, here in the U.S., but also around the world, would we go forward with our business? Uh, number one, because if people are not generating revenue and they still have uh, expenses, such as if they're leasing a space, leasing a building, or if they have product that they've purchased and uh, they have things set up for that, 
some businesses probably will not survive, but uh, being uh, operating uh, very lean and operating uh, with the understanding that it's the long run and which one is looking at, then uh, the businesses can make it. And thus far for our group, uh, people have uh, have uh, survived that and uh, making their way through. And everyone now, of course, we know that COVID-19 is still around. However, we can still keep the planning going, getting everything updated, continue the marketing, and that's the key. I do remember in 2008-2009 when the we had the recession uh, that uh, I stopped marketing which was a big mistake but uh companies that continued to market and market even more they did really well so when they came out of they had a bounce whereas for me I really uh had to almost start over but I still managed to keep my business going and this time I I just approached things differently I started marketing more going to the social uh, media sites uh, such as LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and I just continued to market. I would purchase different uh, solutions, uh, software applications to help me with that process. Uh, If it was nothing else but posting an article and then having my business card as a part of it as, as the software application would reveal it, or just letting people know I'm still in business, or I would talk about the fact that I'm hosting the radio show, and I decided to come back and use the the wealth building, the wealth, the wealthy speaker talk radio show as a marketing uh, aspect of my business, and uh, pretty soon I'll have a YouTube uh, channel uh, that's that's uh, getting going as well, and so it's all really about creativity. Uh, also, did a lot of the lead pages and, and generating uh, leads, uh, giving away free reports, and and uh, also hosting Facebook Lives as well. And I'll I'll do a lot more of that in the future. And so back to the Global Red Fund and and what what it really entails. And now I want to just jump to that section where uh, what happens between June of 2020 and January 21. Well, I will be uh, working very um, closely with my business mentor, who is based out of Florida, and uh, I will – first project we're going to work on is the leadership development plan that's due shortly, and I'll get that report in. And then after that, uh, I will uh, start working on achieving those goals and seeing if I'm hitting those targets against the budget that I have been allotted for the projects that I'm working on. And uh, it looks like everything is working out uh, just just wonderful, and I'm sure it is for the other fellows as well. And so um, I've also, one of the big things that I've done as a part of my program is to uh, join the uh, joint venture uh, uh, group. And uh, what I did with that, uh, I was able to network with other people, some people in Germany, uh, some in Canada, uh, some in, uh, the United, throughout the United States, and connecting with them trying to see what, how I can help them to achieve what they want to do, and ultimately they will come back and try to help me to achieve what I'm trying to do. And through the, the joint venture alliance, that really helps uh, bring everything together uh, in regards to uh, just building a company. And so it, it, it's all coming together. I have another book that's coming out. And so I've taken uh, different things. I've set certain goals for them. 
and now I'm just trying to uh, get them these things achieved. And uh, right now, uh, for anyone interested in the 2021 uh, Global Good Fund Fellowship, now is the time to apply. Uh, you can apply by going to www.globalgoodfund.org, and you will be able to see on the website the application process. And the deadline for submitting the application is June 30th. So you have uh, about three and a half weeks to apply for it, and uh, I highly recommend that you do so. There's typically over 100 people that apply. Uh, in the United States, they select 10, and then there are others who are selected from around the world. And a lot of it has to do with not only how your business is operating, but also what contribution are you making to your uh, local community, uh, regional area in, in your uh, state or province, whatever it happens to be. And, and so uh, it's just a tremendous program. It's really opened me up to a lot. And, uh, you know, I really thank uh, Ms. Carrie Rich for all that, that she's doing to help not only me but all the fellows. And uh, one of the things I, I definitely wanted to do was to uh, interview the other fellows because it gives them an opportunity to talk about not only their business, what inspired them to start it, but also how do they serve their ideal client. And then how did the COVID-19 impact their business? How did they pivot? Uh, how did they make a shift, uh, as, as they say, in the new normal? And uh, in many ways, there, there isn't a new normal. It's just operate as we are. And in many cases, we're dictating uh, what the new normal is going to be. And a lot of it just simply comes down to uh, just have to work a lot harder, work a lot smarter, set smart goals, and, and move forward. And uh, whereas where I, if I were not in the Global Good Fund, I would probably have to go to SCORE to maybe find a someone who would mentor me. And that's a little difficult because a lot of times some of the SCORE people may still be employed. So there's a time limitation on it. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to have someone who has a lot of experience and uh, as a, a business mentor, and I'm looking forward to working with him more and more. And uh, as far as uh, the Global Good Fund uh, this year, uh, we finished, wrapped everything up uh, in January 2021. A new class comes in, and I'm already looking to uh, do some volunteering on some of the committees uh, with the Global Good Fund uh, in my, my efforts to uh, be able to to give more of myself uh, to the community at large and because it's really needed nowadays. It's really, really needed. And uh, so, again, uh, over the next uh, week or so, I'll be uh, interviewing um, uh, Patrick Alcorn, who, who heads up um, the director, a uh, founder of Beyond the Battlefield Conferences, Business Beyond the Battlefield Conference, and he also is director of the University of Texas at Austin Veterans Business Outreach Center. I have uh, Derek Faulkner, of course, our interview tomorrow for Athletes for Veterans Foundation. Uh, on Friday, Margot Bangs, Chicks with Class, uh, which is a girls' empowerment company. Uh, Justin Constantine, who is a world-class speaker and author, and uh, he's a Purple Heart recipient. And uh, he was wounded in combat. Uh, he's a lieutenant colonel out of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, 
you know, a tremendous individual. Uh, then we have on June 9th, Ali Akil, who heads up the organization Public Block. Then Scott Mackis on June 12th, who heads up Service Academy Mastermind, LLC. And then I'll come back a little bit later. Once I get everything rescheduled, I'll bring in Claire Whitco for Dog Tag Bakery. Then Ali Amadi, T-Care Incorporated. And then Alejandro Ramirez from Universal Spartan LLC. And uh, one of the things I also want to pass on is that we have a project manager by the name of Brenda Diltz. And Brenda, she coordinates everything with the Global Good Fund for the fellows. So she has a very important role, and she's been uh, gone above and beyond the call of duty, assisting all of us fellows in getting us, first of all, into the program. And then she provides oversight for us, and we have meetings with her. And then we have Zoom meetings with all of us as a collective. And then uh, what we do is, um, of course, she helps us with our leadership development plans and keeps us on track. So I want to give her a, a real positive shout-out and thank you shout-out to Brenda Diltz. But all in all, uh, the program, the Global Good Fund program, is a solid program, uh, and it's uh, headed up with a close collaboration with Smithfield Foods, and uh, they do a great job. And there are other sponsors as well, but that's one of the majors for them. And so um, I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, getting even further into the program in order to uh, get uh, my business going and serving the, uh, the community at large. So I'm coming to the close of this particular episode. And join me tomorrow, June 4th, with Derek Faulkner, former uh, Philadelphia Eagle football player, and now he heads up the nonprofit Athletes for Veterans Foundation. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This is Paul Lawrence Van Sant to you. Thank you so much for listening to this broadcast. Thank you for tuning in, listening in, and connecting with host Paul Lawrence Van and his guests. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in to another episode of The Wealthy Speaker Show with Paul Lawrence Van. 